0: All right, everyone, thanks again for the download. This is Tim. Just a quick reminder all our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and of course RadioMVP.com. If you get this through Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. It'll help others find us and help us grow RadioMVP.com. So if you get an opportunity, please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review. Just want to give a quick shout out to the Youngstown Phantoms who will be playing in the Clark Cup. Finals this week Congratulations to them We didn't have a chance To talk about them In the podcast But I wanted to give them A quick salute And we'll try to do that Later this week And one more thing To remind everybody Check out our One-on-one podcast That I've had With the different candidates That will be on the ballot On May 8th And one last thing To pass on Again I'm on the ballot On the Democratic side On May 8th If you live in The Bourbon's 4th precinct Please I would appreciate Your support Once again I'm on the ballot On the ballot on May 8th on the Democratic side in Bourbon's Precinct 4 for committee leader. Thanks again. Now, let's get to the podcast. Starting right... now. Hi again, everyone. It's been a couple weeks since we had a last chance to talk to everyone. This is episode 38 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Of course, I am Tim, along with Anthony, bringing you a little sports stocks here today on this Sunday afternoon, or late afternoon when we're recording this. Obviously, a lot to get to, but we're not going to, like, recap everything. We're just going to get into whatever it takes us, as we like yep. to say. Here on the podcast. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the draft. We'll get into the Cavaliers and what's going on there. The Indian situation. So the NHL hockey is going on. Sandy Club playoffs are are about. You can take your choice which one you want to talk about. But uh let's start with the draft. But first and foremost, let me say hello to Anthony and and I can shut up for a moment. How you doing, my my friend?
1: Good, good. It's it's nice to be back. It's been a couple weeks since uh Brown fans have, I don't know if they've Enjoyed the first round or not enjoyed the first round, but I watched the draft with a Browns fan and it was pretty interesting to say the least. It was really interesting to sit there and observe a Browns fan watch the draft.
0: Well, let me say this. I I mean, obviously, I'm on record many times. I said Sam Darnold was the pick. Yep. You can't screw this up. You got to go with Sam Darnold and say, if you listen to our draft preview, You knew exactly where I stood and how I ranked the quarterbacks. Mayfield is number four, but I also made it known that I thought all five quarterbacks were first round draft picks, and it wouldn't shock me at all to see that happen. And lo and behold, all five went in the first round. And different order than I had them. Obviously, I had Mayfield one, Allen two, Josh Rosen three, and Mayfield four. Am I disappointed that Mayfield was the overall? I won't even say I was disappointed. I was surprised by it. I understand the thought process. The main reason I had Mayfield at four is, quite honest with you, in the AFC North, it's tough to be a small quarterback. And I think he has the grit, and I think he has the ability to play in the NFL. I said that from the beginning, and I still believe that. Uh, The question will be, can you design an offense for him? And you have to be willing to do that. And obviously, the Browns making that choice of Mayfield number one was that reason they did that. Uh, Six-foot quarterback is small in the NFL. It can be done. It has been done. We've seen two Super Bowl winners in the last few years at that size in Drew Brees and in Wilson in Seattle. So it can happen. And I do believe, you know, if you have an offense you're going to design around it, it makes sense. Uh, Ward at number four somewhat surprised me. I knew he was high on their list. Obviously, the Browns needed defensive back help to take the number one defensive back off the board made a lot of sense. I understood it. Uh, passing up Chubbs, uh, the reason behind it is they needed defensive backs. And you had, you picked up Garrett last year. You have Abba, who they believe a lot in. And they picked up a, uh, a defensive end in the second round. So I thought the overall draft, they did well. They moved around. They made some plays. They did take a huge gamble on Callaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sold on that. I understood the I understand the talent level and taking the chance, but they traded it up to get him in the fourth round. We'll see, you know, we'll absolutely see how that pans out. You know, they Browns fans have been down that road with Josh Gordon the last four years. Are you willing to go down this road again with another player of this uh, who has absolute the talent to play at the, at the highest level, but maybe have a two cent head and we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, he flunked the easiest test in, in football. The drug test going into the combine. When that is and how to make sure you're clean for it. So on that level, I just shake my head. But, I mean, I understand the intrigue of his talent and why they they chose him. And, you know, Dorsey's obviously we've seen it. He's not afraid to roll the dice. I mean, he did it with Mayfield in the first round. He did it with Callaway later in the, in the draft. He did it so, with
1: Tyreek Hill in Kansas City
0: also, and that's Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not afraid to roll the dice. He did it with the quarterback in, yep. in Kansas City. So, you know, he's not afraid to roll the dice. I mean, he definitely will go after talent that they believe in, and uh, we'll see. Uh, I do believe the Browns are better off today than they were, you know, uh, this time last year. And at the end of the last season, the moves that the Browns have made have actually made me happy. Uh, they've brought talent in either through free agency in the draft. You know, they're going to continue to make moves. So we'll see exactly what happens in the long term. But in the short term, I you know I give it about a 3.75, you know, like a B minus. Does that make mm-hmm. sense on the draft? I think yeah. the Mayfield was surprised uh, when that leaked out Thursday morning. I was like, nah, this got to be Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I said, this got to be smoke screens. This got to be a, and it's a typical smoke screens to see if someone was a wants to jump up to get him, you know, and mm-hmm. I was wrong. And then, you know, the draft came out, uh, again, unpredictable as it always is. You know, obviously Barkley going number two, not a huge surprise. Then, you know, the Jets uh, taking three in uh, Sam Darnold. And then, of course, the Browns throwing the curveball again, uh, passing up Chubbs. But understandable for the defensive back, who's rated number one defensive back, somehow is rated as number four person in the uh, draft in Ward. So, on those levels, I didn't have a problem. In the second round, I liked the picks they made. They tried to improve the team. Chubb, as a running back in the second round, was, you know, we talked about him. He's a workhorse. Give him the ball. He's going to be good. Is he going to get a lot of breakaways? No. But, uh, he's a accumulator. You give him the ball. At the end of the day, you're going to see 75, 80 yards in call column, and you know maybe even more. So I understand the pick. I mean, I was kind of thinking they may go after Darius Geis. They went after Chubb. I, okay, I can live with that. I, you know, they're the evaluators. I just uh, a person with an opinion, and uh, I liked it. So overall, I was, I was happy with the Browns draft. I was not. Um, I was satisfied with the draft. I wasn't happy. I was satisfied. I want a Darnold. I think he fits the AFC North better, but Mayfield has a chip on his shoulder and he wants to prove to everybody right. Give him the opportunity to succeed. As I always say, you have to give him that opportunity to succeed or fail before you can judge it. And in a draft, we can't judge it until two, maybe three years down the road. So we'll know then if this was a a reach or was it a uh, perfect pick for the Cleveland Browns. But now I'll let you uh, give your thoughts on that and your uh, Denver Broncos.
1: I thought the Browns had an impressive draft. From an from a outsider standpoint, I understand the pick in Mayfield. They said all along that they had liked Baker Mayfield. When I think we become accustomed to, like you said, smoke screens and you know the Browns, our team's put information out just to lure teams up. But John Dorsey, the GM in the past, he's had a plan. He's executed it. He came in right away saying we need a quarterback, and he got what he thought was the best quarterback in the draft. I like to pick him in He's that cocky yet confident quarterback, and he has that swagger that the Browns need. I've said on previous episodes, the Browns need a spark on offense, a spark, a swagger to ignite this offense, and they got one. Taylor's a starter, but they're similar quarterbacks. They're mobile guys, that you get them outside the pocket. So it's not like you're going to have an offense for Taylor And then, God forbid, if he goes down or he struggles, then you got to get a whole new system in. So, from that standpoint, I like it. I do agree with you, though. We both had Darnold, our top-rated quarterback, on the draft board. I like to take a Denzel Ward. You always need cornerbacks, and he was the best-rated cornerback in the draft. And with receivers like Smith, Schuster, and Antonio Brown, and AJ Green, and the Ravens always seem to have uh, some receivers out there and make plays. That you need to go. You need a guy to make plays. Um, And Pittsburgh just keeps loading up on receivers in the draft, so you need a a top-flight cornerback. I love the pick of Corbett from Nevada. If you lose Joe Thomas, is he going to be in next Joe Thomas? Probably not because Joe Thomas is special. But this kid's versatile. He can play almost every position on the offensive line. And like you said, I love the pick of Nick Chubb. He is the prototypical AFC North running back, a guy like you said that will not, not get a lot of breakaway runs. He may get one or two. You look up, the end of the game, he's got 75, 80 yards, and he's grinding away. And that's what the AAC North is. In November, December, and January, it's grind them out games. There was a couple games last year, I know, the Browns played in snow and below zero temperatures where it's almost impossible to throw the ball. And you got to have a couple workhorses. So you put him in there with Duke Johnson, you got a nice one-two punch there. I was high on Geis. That's before I heard all the post-combine stuff that happened with him, him getting in Screaming matches with different NFL personnel, so that was a big red flag. You know, I thought the Browns had a nice draft overall. Um, honestly, I think that I think Baker Mayfield is going to be a good NFL quarterback, and he finally, and for the first time in years, the Browns draft a quarterback and have weapons around him. They do have good weapons around them. so that's a nice, that's a good thing. My Broncos, I thought we had a good draft. I, like you said, it all depends. You know, you really can't judge it now. It's it's more so what you do on the field and developing in two or three years down the line. Then you can really grade the draft classes. Uh, but Bradley Chubb was there and you went after him and got him. Like I said on the podcast, if Chubb was there, we're going to get him because Vaughn Miller wanted him bad. And your franchise player, you got to listen to your franchise player. You pair him and Miller now. That's going to be a nice uh, pass I can Do on paper. Uh, you went out and got Cortland Sutton, who I think is a nice pickup uh, with uncertainties around Thomas and Sanders. Uh, the pick I like, though, I really like the Deshaun Hamilton pick. I think that is a tremendous pickup from Penn State. He has a great catch radius. Ohio State fans remember him. He made a, a big play a couple years ago against them. And don't be surprised if their undrafted free agent pickup from Colorado, Phillip Lindsay, is their start running back by the end of the season. Overall, I think Elway set out what he said he was going to do. He was going to get winners, but also good guys. And I think that is not a direct shot, but in a roundabout way of saying we're tired of the Akeep to leave stuff every offseason. It seems like shooting himself in the thigh, getting, you know, picking up stupid, unnecessary penalties you don't need during the game. Uh, so he set out and He said, we're going to get good guys. Um, and I watched a special on Bradley and I love the kid already, and I can't wait to see him don that orange and blue and uh, get after Derek Carr and everybody. So I'm happy. Now it's about your coaching staff developing the guys and getting after it. Now we got a tough schedule as after the Browns, and it's going to be a fun time. Now it'll be a fun time.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting. Actually, I thought they had a really solid draft too. You know, anytime you pick up a chip, fifth overall, you you obviously the best defensive player on the board, and maybe they want the top two or three players on the overall board for any team. You're gonna love that. I really love the pick of Sutton, uh, Courtland Sutton. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, I talked about him you during our draft man. special. I said, "Here's a guy's climbing the board quickly." Yep. You know, I really thought that was a sweet pick for them. And I'll be honest, as you mentioned earlier, I thought, you know, in you know, what they did, you know, Deshaun Hamilton was a nice pickup, you know, in the fourth round. Yep. But the fifth round, this is the pick I like: Fumagalli uh, yep. from Wisconsin, the tight end. We've I thought on that him a was, lot. Yes, we did. And there was those are, you know, three players that we talked about in our draft special that I thought was really impressive players that had an opportunity to to make impacts on teams. And, you know, give the Broncos credit. They did it. Obviously, they're you know, the quarterback situation is is a wait and see type thing. But you know what? They made a commitment to a young yeah. guy. You know, he's thirty years old. He came into his own last year. You know, he led the Vikings deep into the playoffs. We'll see exactly how that works out in the long term, but I, I don't blame them uh, for the players that were on the board. I thought they made you know nice choices and uh, a way to improve their ball club throughout, you know, up and down on both offensively and defensively.
1: Yeah, we talked about uh, when we were covering our tight ends that catching the ball is obviously great, but you have to be able to block. And you touched on Fumagalli and I bounced off that he was a block first tight end he was a really good blocking tight end and with Denver's offense they're probably going to run a lot of two two tight end sets you, you lost a good blocking tight end in Virgil Green hireman's not there yet he's injury prone so now you pair from with Jake Butt who was hurt last year but there's a lot of hype around him so you got two big 10 tight ends that know how to block and uh, let's see how it goes uh, but i really like that pick and you know hopefully it eases the pressure on uh, Keenum, and the run game. The run game's got to step up now with the loss of C.J. Anderson. If I'm Devontae Booker, though, I'm kind of worried. The Broncos didn't get one, not two, but three running backs they picked up in the draft. Plus, they got Henderson in, in the draft last year, which they really like. So,
0: Right. Well, I think that was writing on the wall when they uh, released C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I think that told you right there that Running backs would be high on their priority in the draft. And, you know, they were making a change offensively and they wanted to find running backs who fit their new system that they're going to be running with. So it makes sense. They're looking to uh, create depth at that position.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, with uh, Bill Musgrave now as the offensive coordinator, uh, you look at what he did in Oakland. He used a lot of his, his tight ends a lot and he was a multiple back. Uh, kind of guy. So we'll see. In his system, you have to be able to catch the ball in the backfield. And I think uh, Denver obviously got that with Royce Freeman from Oregon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Freeman does in a more traditional pro style offense. Uh, we saw his explosiveness at Oregon in the spread shotgun kind of stuff. But I like it. I like what LA did. So, now, like you said, it's waiting and see and hopefully uh, develop these guys.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say they should all work well with you know Case Keem. Mm-hmm. I think it was a you know combination of the wideouts, the the tight end, the running backs they drafted. Uh, I think they had all in mind to build an offense around Case Keem, and yep. that's what they're they're trying to do. So I really do believe on that level, John Elway did a nice job. And again, you can see that he's building the defense back up uh to yeah. be the, really the premier type thing that they were a few years ago, and that'll be important for them. And we'll see exactly. If that, that can happen. Speaking of premier players and premier things and building your team. uh, Welcome to the NBA season that I've been touting for the last uh, six months, uh, waiting for the playoffs to begin. And King James has come around and shown what I've been telling everybody all season long. Yes. I'll even admit the Cavs underperformed at times injuries came about at the worst times to love and others. However, we're, we're into the playoffs. That first series against Indiana was exactly what I thought it would be, to be honest. I know we didn't have a chance really to talk about it, but I was uh, online a couple times after they lost that first mm-hmm. game. I said, someone said, what do you expect, the Cavs in 5, 6, or 7? I said, 7. Cavs in yep, yep. 7. It was just one of those matchup problems that the Cavaliers you know, could face. But in the end, when you have Le- LeBron James on your team, It changes everything. In the East, there's no question about it. Uh, Obviously, give my hats off to Boston and what they have achieved so far in the playoffs. I mean, my goodness gracious. Who would expect them to to be sweeping uh, Philadelphia right now? You know, the Cavaliers in the same vein. Uh, Toronto, I knew darn well Toronto. Toronto reminds me of the Cavaliers in the 90s. You know, the nemesis of the Chicago Bulls. They took them to 7-1 series. They went to 5, and when they hit the shot, uh, they got swept by Chicago on a Michael Jordan game winner one time towards the latter end of that, that run against Cleveland in the playoffs every year where they would just tear the hearts out of the uh, the Cavs and their fans. And, again, I think we're seeing that now in reverse as the Cavaliers are able to do that to Indiana. Indiana, I want to say Indianapolis, but Indiana – the Pacers, I mean the the Cavs, have just owned them in the playoffs, and they completely own Toronto. Absolutely, you know the last three years have just absolutely every time Toronto thinks they have the best shot to uh, to advance, they run into the Cavaliers and they just they just tear their hearts out. You know, I called the series after the game two. Game one was a uh, uh, here we are, mm-hmm. and game two was tear my heart out, and game three was absolutely crush me. And, you know, when you have a LeBron James on your team, it just changes everything. And that's the same thing that you look at in the West. You see uh, Golden State starting to show their stars again and and really take over in their series. And it's not a surprise. I'm not shocked at all. And uh, it's early yet. We still got to, you know, games to be played.
1: But it looks like the collision course may happen again in June. I was just about to say that. I was just, it is looking like it's going to be. What now, round four? Yeah. Uh, Cavs, Warriors, uh, Gordon State is integrating Steph Curry back. His first game back, he's, of course, 28. I mean, are you kidding me? They're on a collision course. Uh, They're looking really good. Anthony Davis is trying to do everything in his power to help an undermanned uh, Pelicans team, and he's doing a great job. You run out of words to describe LeBron James. You know, people said in his beginning, he's not clutch. He's not hitting game-winning shots. Well, I could go in my driveway right now and try to hit the same shot he hit last night, and I'm not gonna hit that 20 times. Right now, the Raptors happy thinking, "What do we have to do to stop this guy?" He is in his 15th year. He's played every single game this season, plus more because of the the physical battle against Indiana, where they just beat him up and beat him up and beat him up, and yet every game, LeBron's coming out firing. Uh, Kevin Love's starting to get. Uh, Going now, he's starting to get in the group of things Uh, What, the past three games He scored 20 each Or he's gone like 15 or 20 He's starting to get going Kyle Corbin and J.R. Smith are showing up now But I tell you what, there are two guys uh, That didn't show up Against Indiana that are showing up now One's Jeff Green, who's looked Really good in the Toronto series And Tristan Thompson, since game Seven of the first round against the Pacers, has looked really good Um, I know you know, last night they didn't utilize uh, Tristan a lot late in the game. But remember, the Cavs went to the small lineup with love at the five against the Raptors in the regular season and blew them out of the water. Right now, if you're the Raptors, you just hope to salvage a game tomorrow night and not get swept, but this series is over.
0: Tristan Thomas has suffered from the Kardashian hangover all yes, season long. He on. has. Uh, just like every other NBA player has ever gone down that road, uh, we wish him nothing but the best on a personal <laughs> level. But uh, I, would, I, I don't know how you would ever want to get involved in all that. I don't know why.
1: Uh, don't know. You know,
0: and, and that's just me. That's just me. So, no, it's, But, you know, hey, it's me look, too. it's affected him. It's affected him all season long. Uh, game seven, when they needed him, he came up big yep. against the Pacers, so that's the thing that's important. Right now, if he can focus the rest of the season long and be the player that he's capable of being of a physical guy who can get rebounds, uh, alter shots and be a defensive uh, player that he is and take advantage of the, the moves inside when the ball's dished to him to, to score, then that will be important. He's a necessity yep. for the Cavaliers to win the rest of the season because they obviously need him. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But you know, I, I, I worry about that Kardashian effect because uh, there hasn't been a player in the NBA who, who's really survived that. And they've side, gone
1: through quite a few them.
0: side players. Of the unfortunately,
1: way. how yeah, go good ahead. of a coach Brad Stevens. I mean, my the best good. The best. I, well, you know what? Mackerel.
0: we talked about this a few years ago and then I've talked about this with you and others. Mm-hmm. When he got, when he got Butler to go to, to Boston, we talked about the basic thought process. Here is look, they're going to be young. They want someone young, and uh, coming out of the college game, that can relate with players and yep. that. But we also talked about his ability to coach. And yep. oh in goodness. the NBA, there's there's a few coaches that truly think are dis- different makers. He's one of them. Oh yeah. Uh, obviously, Pop, you know, in San Antonio's one, and and Steve Kerr has proven yep. his ability in the last few years. I mean, there's no question about what he means to that organization in Golden State. Take nothing away from all the players. I mean, yes, he has a golden situation, but he's also the perfect manager for that team yes, as a uh, as a head coach uh, with all the different personalities and what they have to do and uh, getting the most out of it. And I don't want to take anything away what Steve Kerr has achieved as a head coach. His basketball knowledge, you know, he comes from – you know, the Pops tree. And, yep. uh, you know, he comes from a, a lot of different organizations was a player and w- who played under some really great coaches in his career. So there's there's something to be said about what he has achieved. And, but, yeah, Brad Stevens, without a doubt, the injuries that his team offered, I mean, you look opening day loss and then you look at Kyrie loss and you look what they did this week. And they haven't had Jalen Brown. Yeah, exactly. And look what they've done against a Philly team with all that talent that everyone touted to be the uh, heir apparent. Yep. The, you know, trust the process, but the process has failed in the
1: playoffs for, uh, I for think the 76ers. It's incredible watching what he's yeah. done. You know, you're undermanned. Horford was out a couple games and Kyrie, and it's, it, it's incredible. But I want to touch on this, that I know this is going to upset a lot of Penguins fans. But you guys have had your back-to-back. The Washington Capitals, who have become the standard choke artists, are one win away from the city of Washington's first trip to a conference championship game or series since 1992. Yeah, wow. It's mind-boggling to think about when you think of all the really good teams that city has had in professional sports. They are one win away and dethroning who up to now have been their kryptonite in the playoffs for years.
0: Well, exactly. And that's, you know, look, the Penguins themselves are without a question, one of the most talented teams in the Mm -hmm. NHL. And they had the best player in the NHL and Crosby and they got Malkin and they got others who actually, yeah. And and there's so many, we could go through, through their entire roster and what they have achieved and what they still mean. And you know what, even though, It is the backs against the wall for the Penguins, where they have to win at home to force a Game Seven to go back to uh, Washington. I don't discount the possibility of them winning either. Uh, I don't either. That that organization is put together battle tested. Exactly, it's gut wrench time. And quite honest with you, uh, the the Caps traditionally have failed when it's been gut wrench time in the last five years. So we'll see exactly what they're made of. I think they definitely have the opportunity to win. Ovechin uh, has to move on once yep. in his lifetime to yes. uh, prove that his his level of hockey and what he means to an organization, uh, the contract that he has and everything else. He is a star in that league, and for him never to make it to a conference finals or a, a championship for the uh, Stanley Cup is is shocking. But then again, He's run into the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he not want the to doubt. take
1: Pittsburgh to Game Seven. You know, he did not of, want to take that to Game Seven.
0: You know, and that's kind of, you know, the situation they're in. Yeah, I obviously, you know, I've, I don't root against the Penguins. I don't care. Yeah. I've never yeah, said he, I was a Penguin fan. I've, I've mentioned this yeah. many times. I just never root because I have a lot of friends of mine who are Penguins fans, yep, literally limited hockey nuts, and they love it. <laughs> um, and you know, and and, uh, and that's great. And then I. Absolutely have never rooted against the penguins in their playoff runs and the Stanley Cup, you know, championship runs that they've had. Uh, however, let me preface this. However, I have become yes in the you last have. year a Las Vegas Knights fan, baby. The That's Vegas Golden Knights way. are the charm of sports. Let me Man. tell you, this team is awesome to watch. And tonight they go for the chance the clinch their series and it's the sharks and this is it this is I'm, I'm excited matter of fact that's going to be coming on in a couple hours they and have... i'm going to watch that one from uh from from opening puck to the to the uh end of the uh the ball game or the ice game i should say it's going to be great i can't wait they uh have more have just been a fun team to watch they got so much speed on the ice and when they got open ice and they can move that puck it has just been so much fun to watch. Like I said, my best $25 I spent this year in February was picking up the NHL uh, package on, uh, on my iPad. And I have absolutely enjoyed it thoroughly. And by the way, I will say this possibly the best team in the hockey right now is the Winnipeg jets. I've been saying that for yes, about the last month and what they have achieved has been phenomenal. I think, coming out of that West, whoever comes out, if it's it's Vegas, or if it's Winnipeg, uh, and, you know, Canada hasn't had a champion in, I want to say, 25 years. years. I mean, it's it's been been, it might be even longer than that. It might be close to, like, 1992, the last time they've had yeah. a – the Jets are a fun team to watch. A Jets are a team that can win it all and be a problem for uh, my Golden Knights in the future and uh, for whoever may come out of the – the East, you know, that is a phenomenal series uh, between the uh, Nashville and Winnipeg. We'll have to just wait and see what happens, but I'm really looking forward to that one too, and and seeing who who comes out of that one. Uh, again, you know, discount what Nashville does; uh, they yep. they're a, they really have. I mean, if you're not into the hockey uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, you need to be because it's it is phenomenal uh, this time of the year, and some of the overtime play is just it's outrageous. To watch and uh, the desperation on two teams to try to get a win. It's just, I tell you what, it's tantalizing. It's fun to watch, and I, I hope you do. And uh, you know, it's just, it's just been a it's been a blast to be part of. It's been a. I tell you what, I not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about hockey because I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. I'm just telling you that it's been fun to watch and fun to be a a, a participant as a fan. And uh, I don't care if you're rooting for the Penguins, the Jets, uh, the you know uh, Nashville. Uh, just pick a team and enjoy enjoy the ride, or just enjoy the ride of, of what's going on. And uh, I, as a matter of fact, I haven't even checked. I knew it was it was tied up last. I knew between the uh, the Lightning's and the the Tampa Bruins. Tampa Bay's so. up
1: three to one right now. Okay,
0: Tampa Bay's up no two to and one. They, they and they win two they clinch. One, yep. it, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Watching the uh, NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. There's absolutely no question about it. One of the best uh, sporting events in sports. Speaking of sporting
1: events, did yeah. you uh,
0: pitch the Derby yesterday I, at all? Or were I do not,
1: did not. I'm not a Derby guy. I'm not a. I really don't get into horse racing. Uh, my parents had it on, but I just. I didn't get into it. You know, I, I'm i not a big Derby
0: guy neither. I watch it every year when it's on because it's. A, but I turn it on, you know. Around six thirty, for I don't have to have the three and a half hour pregame yep. of nothing. Oh uh, my <laughs> God. You, know, you know, and for two minute for a two minute run, you know, it's like three and a half hours. Yeah, they
1: go all day programming for just a two minute race. I know it's as fast insane. as two minutes
0: in sports, and it's absolutely about being a gambler in horse racing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I could be a D-Gen myself at times, and <laughs> uh, you know, I have no problem with it. Uh, as for, I think this horse, from everything I've read and everything i seen yesterday as uh, triple town possibilities. And uh, it would be interesting to watch back-to-back triple crowns. America Farrow did it last, last uh, year. And, and this year we have a, a horse that can do the same.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it, they had it on the room and I, I just never got into it. I just, I don't know. I think I was disgusted after waking up from my nap yesterday to see that we're still playing baseball along the shores of Lake Erie. But anyways, yeah. You know what?
0: I, I actually had no idea about any of the horses yesterday. I honestly, I, I did not I know one any. was
1: from Ireland, and that was it. I heard about Audible
0: simply because of the Amazon connection. Yep. And I says, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, and uh, they're giving away the free audio book if, uh, if it won, uh, which they did anyways, my understanding. And uh, then I was watching the race, and I had no idea who the favorites were. I honestly yes. didn't. And i seen you know as the horses parade the different names come by and there are some great names this yeah year. there are some years there weren't this year i thought there were some fun names and i seemed justified and i said oh that's a great name yep. and little did i know it was like the favorite yep and yeah. uh, you know like i said the only horse i ever heard about was audible because of the amazon connection so i said oh i got you know and then of course it's lucky number seven too so just the D enemy. so you know, they got to go with that one. The little I know it was the favorite in, in the uh, in the derby, but uh, you can see why, yep. even on a muddy track, it, it, that horse performed. And we'll see what happens. I mean, like I say, uh, the preakness is coming up, we'll see what happens, and I'll pay attention when it runs. I won't watch the three and a half hour <laughs> pregame show there, it. neither. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it this is what you know, runs, you know, during the next month. So yeah, uh, if you if you place the bet and won some money yesterday, congratulations. Exactly. Enjoy it. Uh, Put double or nothing next time down. I don't know, you know, throw it all on red, whatever it may be. And uh, (laughs) and see what happens. Uh, But uh, it's been fun. You know, like I said, there's so much going on right now. We'll do a quick baseball minute, then we'll get out of here. Yeah, Anthony. I'm going to say this right away. We knew the bullpen would be some uh, some problems. Today's game, I watched the ending of it. I actually was busy all day. I had a a piano recital I went to for my my uh, nephew, who did terrific, by the way, and uh, very proud of him. And I got back and I watched the Indians explode for four runs uh, in the uh, in the eighth inning after almost being uh, no hitted for the first seven. Then in the process, uh, watch the bullpen completely need to have a meltdown. All I got to say this about uh, Cody Allen is throw your best pitch. Yep. You know, throw your best pitch. Live and die with your best pitch. Uh, He was trying to spot his fastball against a fastball-hitting team. Yep. And if you're not going to go up and in against Judge, you're just giving an opportunity to swing your back. Yeah, and I couldn't understand what – What's going on? And plus you had a rookie center fielder because of you know what happened to uh Zimmer. And he was playing too short and the ball went over his head a couple times and one went over the fence over his head. Not his fault. However, I will say this Allen's out pitches his curveball and he has to use it. Yep. And exactly I rather see right. him fail. I rather see him fail with his with his curveball and not the spike curveball. I'm talking about the curveball when he goes the in after him. Cars will drop- yeah. I mean, if he, if, if, if judge hit it 375 feet over the wall, so be it. So I can hand it. brings you back
1: uh, to 90-30, lose on your best pitch.
0: Yeah, exactly. And right now the Indians bullpen's pitching scared. And oh, that's no a problem. Confidence. Yeah, there's, that's a problem. And obviously they missed Miller. I was going to say Allen. Uh, they missed Miller tremendously and uh, hopefully he'll be back here in the next week. Look, there's no question in my mind. I've discussed this with others, and some say they had to make a move earlier in the bullpen. I'm now kind of in the conclusion that come June, uh, the Indians are going to have to find their reliever to help the yeah, bullpen find them earlier than later. I thought maybe they could get through the first half of the season. Look, the Indians are fortunate they play in a division they're going to win. Uh, they're 17 and 17 and have a, a two and a half game lead already, and they've only won three of the last ten ball games. So. I uh, honestly, you know, Detroit's not going to catch you. Minnesota's not going to catch you this season. However, you're going to have to, you know, build on each game and opportunity to get it better. The front office has this challenge to find a uh, someone in the bullpen to help them. And they're going to need that because uh, right now it's it's all over the field and they need to do better. They can they can do better, they will do better. But right now, between the hitting just being a home run or nothing type offense and the bullpen meltdown yeah they, they have some issues
1: i thought a couple days ago it was rock bottom and i texted my cousin i said this is rock bottom it has to be rock bottom today is rock bottom it's just right now nobody's playing with any confidence right now outside of maybe the starting pitchers who are grinding and battling and for everybody who wants to complain all what not have gone out for the eighth inning he had to go out for the eighth inning you don't have anybody else there that can bridge it at allen
0: Look, here's the thing with Clevenger, and I'm not blaming him. I'm just putting it – It was he's a young pitcher who's learning to pitch at the major league level, and he's succeeding at a high level. Yep. And he's hes pitched terrific this year. And if he gives me an outing like he did today, two runs into the eighth inning. You run win uh, every game. Right. Seven, seven and a third innings pitch. I'm going to take it. Uh, we should win. Did he run out of gas, and did he put two guys on with back-to-back walks? Yes, you can't do that. Nope. Uh, allen didn't help uh he got the next guy out and then he started nibbling and, and not trusting his stuff and in the process it yeah. blew up on him they came out in ninth inning in the you know and allen was again nibbling and not willing to use his best pitch and you know he when he throws that spike curveball and it's before the plate you're done yeah, you yeah. Have, it has to look like a potential strike before it goes out of the out of the strike zone. It has to look where, yeah, I have to protect the plate and then it, it bounces. Yep. There's nothing wrong with bouncing a curveball. But you can't bounce it before the plate. And that's the toughest thing. Right now his 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 spike right. ball is 56 feet. You can't do that. You have to you have to get 60 sixty, you know, sixty feet, six inches on that spike curveball. You know, you have to get it towards the plate where there then the hitter has a reason to make a commitment to it. And yeah. his other curveball, his over the, you know, set up curveball for his other pitches. He has to trust it. And the last few outings, in my opinion, uh, he hasn't trusted. And that's where we're at with the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, the
1: right now, I do think Cody Allen's main problem is he being overworked because he has to, as Norris went on the DL. He's, he's had four or five appearances of 20 pitches or more. Now, yeah. some of that is because he's like you said, he's nibbling. If, if baseball were a two-strike game, the Indians would be phenomenal at it. But oh, let's not play the what-if if game. Go back, let's not play if the what-if game. If you go back three years ago, they just do not execute two-strike pitches. And yeah, well. right now, this bullpen is, like I put on Instagram, a dumpster fire. It is bad. And there is no rescue squad or fire engine in sight to put it out. Because while Andrew Miller's coming back, you need a a bridge. And for anybody starts saying, Well, we miss Brian Shaw, we don't miss him. He can keep in Colorado with a seven ERA. Joe Smith down in huge with a nine six four ERA. Stay where they are. They stink. I tell you this right now. We need a second baseman, and we have one on our roster who's sitting three ninety one, and he's not even playing. He's a young kid. Let's play the young kids. We're not going anywhere this year. We're 5 and 14 against teams with winning records. Okay, if if by God's grace if we were to make the playoffs this year and play the Yankees, Red Sox, Raptors, we're getting swept in 3 games. Right, Maybe let's, one let's, if we let's, get let's. A while. <laughs> But we have a guy on our team who's improved defensively and we're still wasting away with Jason Kittness in there. I don't want to go on a tangent because I keep looking at my season ticket Notice I got from Youngstown State, and I just keep thinking it's almost that time. So we're getting there, I'm, we're getting there. It's, I'm gonna calm it's down, May, I'm not gonna talk May. baseball tonight. I'm gonna let you talk it because I don't want to skew <laughs> off stop, and... It's May 6th,
0: don't have a panic attack yet. I'm gonna have a panic. Uh, Where's, I know my you red <laughs> Where's my red button at? Where's
1: my red here? 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 I'm hitting my yeah. red button code red,
0: code red. Yeah. Uh, it's May 6th. Don't have a panic attack yet. The Indians are still in first place, like believe watching it or not.
1: Fasto, Carmen, uh, uh, Roberto well, Hernandez. They're, they're, yeah, I do remember Fasto. Oh, slash God. Yes. Um,
0: oh, God. Hey, it is what it was. And uh, hey, here's the thing this club is going to get better as the season goes along. Have they hit a. Can't get much stretch? worse. Well, a tough, it can't get much worse than you're in first place. And it's let's May 6. Like let's let's not go crazy. Yet. It's May 6th. It'd like be you different. Said. If, it would be different if there were seven and 17 i would agree with you press the panic button they're 17 and 17 and yes they have some they have some glaring holes uh i'm still a, a believer in Kipness i know no one else is i still do my belief in him is is fine and i think he will come out of it uh and uh yeah the bullpen needs help the meltdown on the bullpen is my biggest concern and obviously a fifth pitcher but hey Look at it this way. Klepto threw some great pitches uh, the other day. I like that thought process. There's no doubt in my mind that Tomlin has had his day. He's had uh, his day. There's no question in my mind that Mickey Callaway is very oh. well missed on this team oh, right he's now. He's more of a genius than we thought. Uh, I always knew he was good. Holy and, and, mackerel. I don't think well, we knew he was this good. I think we did. I think deep down we did. Wow. And uh, Look, Carl Willis has worked that out for him. Yeah, obviously it is what it is, and we'll see what happens. I think, you know, Tomlin has missed Callaway's teaching more than anybody. It's obvious. I think the bullpen misses the steadiness of what Callaway brings. And, uh, you know, we have to work our way through this uh, brand-new situation the Indians are in. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Right now they got some huge bumps, and they have to trust themselves. There's no question in my mind I'm more concerned about the offense being a home run or nothing type yep. team right now versus the the meltdown of the bullpen. Uh, I think that's where my concerns is. If they can get on base and drive and runs, they'll be fine. Till that happens, it's going to be difficult. Hey, one last thought. Let's get out of here. And uh, we'll try to hook up later in this week yep. again and, and talk more baseball and other things going on, especially Cavaliers basketball. That's more fun right now.
1: Yeah. Um, like you said, thank God it's May 6th. Um, and I keep thinking, okay, well, the 97 team was six games under 500 late in July, and they finished 87-75 went on a magical run. So, hoping and praying that it's going to be 97-like. I'd rather play our worst base right now, like we said, we can't play much worse. And we're hanging in there. We're not getting our, our brains beat in. So, hopefully this is our worst base. We're going to play all year, and it gets better from there. So, On that one day at a time, baseball's a long marathon. Raptors fan, God bless you, uh, but but you don't have a prayer in heck. The this year, next year, the year after that. Good luck. Congratulations on being a second round team. All
0: right, let's get let's go on. Let's go, Knights tonight. Golden Knights, get on the bandwagon. Let's join. (laughs) We'll have some fun. The best team in hockey. The most surprising team in hockey. And you gotta love a team that's not even a year old.
1: Are you predicting a Stanley Cup Final championship?
0: Oh God, I wish I could. Are you? I'm not that. You
1: you know know what? what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it as
0: long as it takes. Okay. Okay. And
1: however long this ride passes, I'll be thrilled. Okay. he's not tipping his hand, but he's kind of tipping his hand. Yeah, I am. I think they're good. He's dancing around the prediction. (laughs)
0: Like honestly, I I said it before. I'll say it again. I think the Jets right now and that and that conference is the team to beat. I'm not giving up on the uh, Golden Knights. And uh, in the East, who, I mean, obviously, until Pittsburgh's dethroned, you can never discount yep. the Penguins. Simple as that. And uh, it should be interesting, though. Uh, they're on the verge of being dethroned.
1: Washington cannot go to game seven against Pittsburgh. They they do not want to go to game seven against Pittsburgh. I'll just say that. Game
0: six, tomorrow night, is gonna be a lot of fun. Yep. It should be a lot of fun. Let's go, Golden Knights.
1: <laughs> Go try. All
0: right, for Anthony and Canfield, I'm Tim and Borbin. Go Knights! We'll talk to you Go soon. Tribe.
1: Bye.